shopping. <laughs> Welcome to the market. Hi. Go ahead and park it. Hope that you are starving. Debbie Roots Deep got me thinking it's a parsnip. Every week I get knowledge to go. A year before everyone, how did they know? Figuring how they go college to pros. I pop it on listen and now I'm the pro. I'm still trying to grow and they do the same. Hundreds of teams, too many to name. And yet they are filtering everything. Only the best, Shane Hallam and Kane. Marketplace, marketplace. Debbie is everything, marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Marketplace, marketplace. Debbie is everything, marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Hey! Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Debbie Marketplace. Kane and Shane are back with you again. Today we're going to talk about something a little bit different, but we're going to build on the conversation from last week. So we talked with Kevin last week about what can we do in this 2023 class and even before that 2023 class to really make sure that we're utilizing the great players that we know are in that class and how we can actually work to succeed in 2023, 2024, and 2025, right? Which I think is a really, really great conversation. But the one thing that we didn't talk about before that is what happens if we just want to tear down right now, right? It's going to be difficult getting 2023 picks right now. What does that rebuild look like? And how is that going to look like? What players are we targeting? So that's what we're going to look at right now. Shane, do you have a team currently that you're like, I could probably tear this one down and and kind of start from the studs? Oh, I, I definitely do. I definitely have some that I've thought going into the year, right? I don't know if you, any of you have been in this situation, but I thought going into the year, I'm, I'm competing. I had some of those big injuries uh, that, you know, that hit the team. And I was like, okay, maybe I could still compete. And then it just snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. And here I am of like, I have pieces. I have some older pieces, but like, I really, I got to just tear it down and start over. And the worst part is like, there's one player that was on my, on every single one of those teams for me. That man's name is Alan Robinson. No, oh, that, he was on one. every single one of those rosters where I'm like, no, this is my year to compete. Like, this is going to be it. And then, when you're yeah it's great to have depth but sometimes depth is really 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 hard when you're in leagues where you have benches with 40 guys right that depth of actually guys that can score points is tough especially when you're trading for some of those pieces in the offseason and Allen robinson that was a rough one for me but to help us through this um because something that that shane and i don't always do the best is talk about numbers and now numbers can actually help us kind of make what they what analytics people would want you to call educated guesses. <laughs> right? And there's only one man that we would turn to to help me make an so-called educated guess. I feel like I've put you down enough, Nelly. And it's our it's our uh, analytics guy over at the Devin Marketplace and that's Michael Nelson at analytics on the Twitter box. Nelly how we doing? You ready to talk some rebuilding teams? Yeah, I mean that's all I'm doing ever is rebuilding. So uh, let's do it. Says, says the guy like in the championship in one of our leagues. He's like, ah, I was rebuilding, <laughs> but like I, you guys suck, so I just happened to be winning. <laughs> no, I took the loss in that league. It was devastating. But oh, did you lose in the Patreon league? Ooh, that's killer. <laughs> now you subject. know how it feels. Yeah. <laughs> now you know how it feels. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. 
Um, but I think this is an interesting conversation because one, we kind of know the cycle of draft picks, right? When draft picks are going to be the most valuable and when they're not, and kind of when the best time is to start to trade for draft picks. Because we know, right, Shane, that, that the best time to trade for draft picks is obviously at the beginning of the season when everyone thinks they're competing and you want to be the first person to know that you're rebuilding, right? But what happens if you're in a position like right now where some other people have kind of been rebuilding pretty hard and you're, you're looking at your team. Let's say you had some injuries. Let's say even some guys that you think are going to be starters this coming season don't end up being starters anywhere, right? These running backs that you had been saving that were going to be free agents next year, what if they're not starters somewhere? And you're like, well, now is the time to actually tear down my team. It's not the best time necessarily, but what's your first step when you're looking at a roster? You're like, no, this is this is time to rebuild. I, I think the first step, and here on the Debbie Marketplace, we always talk about value, right? And I think the first step is really identifying what players you have and what their values are going to do through this offseason. So, like, when's the best time to sell? Like, for example, uh, that team I was talking about, I have DeAndre Hopkins. And so DeAndre Hopkins' value is taking a big hit. He got hurt. You know, I have to kind of assess when's going to be the best time to sell him. Maybe it's maybe he comes back for the playoffs and has a good playoff game, and that's the best time to sell him, right? Um, and so I think to me it's going to be like looking for that. Okay, I got to wait and see if that happens. That doesn't happen. He's going to he keeps getting older. Like time keeps going, you know, so that usually means the value is going to go down. So like you want to identify, is there something that could happen in this offseason? Probably not for him. It's probably pretty well set. I don't think the Cardinals can invest in more weapons that to hurt his value, but he is still getting older. So like he probably is going to hold value. But like you might have a player, um, say like an Allen Robinson, who could increase in value and probably should this offseason. So like don't sell him yet, but he is a guy I probably want to sell. Maybe he goes to a new team gets a big contract, you know, something's going to happen with him. That's going to look good when I can sell him for more. So I think that's the best thing to kind of tag your players that, Hey, I want to sell this guy. When's going to be the best time to sell him in terms of his value. Uh, that's usually what I do first. Nelly, you on the same page there. Yeah, for sure. And even if you have like, even if you have a guy like, I don't know, Devonte Adams, who's an absolute stud and will win you games if you have a good enough team. Even even if he continues to perform at this level, his age just makes him a, a ticking time bomb in the sense that his value, regardless of his performance, he's going to continue to go down. So, if if you if you identify the fact that your team doesn't have enough value on it for you to compete, those wide receivers that are that are twenty eight, twenty nine. Running backs who are 25, 26, you want to move them soon before they they truly they they pick up a freak injury and never recover. Value wise, no, I, I should say. Recover. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the first thing that you have to do is identify if they're an increasing asset in value or a decreasing asset in value. Right now is the farthest time from when you actually have to set a lineup, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's on your team. If you are a true rebuilding team, here's one thing that that's probably you should look at. Um, I don't care what running backs are on my team. I don't. 
if there's any running backs that are starters right now, they're gone. Like they're off my team. First thing I'm doing is selling running backs because they're the most volatile position that we have, right? A new running back could come in and supplant someone. Um, you could have an injury, anything like that through the playoffs. So I'm getting rid of running backs first because guess what? It's really, really hard to win weeks. Even if you have like a good wide receiver or two, it's really, really hard to win weeks if you have to start terrible running backs. Right? If you have to week over week start, I don't know, what's a good excuse? Like um, Dearness Johnson every week. Sure, he had some good weeks. But like if you have to start Dearness Johnson, you have to start um, Corey Clement because those are the only running backs on your team guess what? You're probably going to lose games. And that's what you want to do rebuilding. Right? It's not tanking because you don't have anyone else on your team to start. So that's what I'm doing. And you might say, well, Kane, doesn't that matter when I actually want to compete then? No, because the running backs that you had on your team then probably aren't going to help you in two, three years when you actually want to compete. And if you are, the cheapest asset is a running back, an old running back. Right? What was Leonard Fournette costing before the season? A second. Late second. That and that was a perfect deal. Right? Because in the grand scheme of things, second round late second round picks don't really matter a whole ton. Right? Just in the grand scheme of things, they don't. So I'm more than happy to move the seconds for guys like that. And if I can stock up seconds, then I can move guys even more. Um, so that that's what I'm doing. Definitely looking at the at the running back position in particular. You guys with me? Yeah, I, I think it's fair. I, I mean, I, I think what you're saying is correct, right? It could be tough to do, but if you are truly kind of going in the tank, like you know, even selling your younger running backs, right? You know, the the Michael Carter's selling Cam Akers when his value hits a peak here in the offseason and things sound great. Um, you know, that's probably worthwhile if you're in full rebuild mode because you don't have the guns for those guys to actually help you. And there's a good chance in two or three years, Michael Carter's not a starter starting running back or Cam Akers isn't a starting running back anymore. So I think it's tough to do. It's tough to convince yourself to do that, but it really is what Kane's saying is the right way to go about it. And obviously we know probably the best way to build your team is you have quarterbacks, you have wide receivers, and then you draft the running backs that kind of just fill in, right? You're not, if, if you're expecting a wide receiver, a rookie wide receiver to hit, it's probably right away. It's probably a losing battle, right? Not, not every rookie wide receiver can hit right away it's the reason why we have like two or three every season that like whoa these guys are really good it's why 2020 was an anomaly or 2021 has been an anomaly so far right yeah with chase um shane's favorite player jalen waddle uh devonta smith are you are you still okay shane he did get one more catch i'm I'm still still okay all right he's 10 it's fourth down so the kick and a field goal thankfully Okay, okay, we we're really watching this game for playoff implications here because we record <laughs> on Monday night. Yeah, but I think overall, right, it's it's difficult to find rookie 
wide receivers that aren't going to hit immediately. Right. And so I think if you can build around kind of those younger wide receivers, and I think there are some that, that are pretty solid pieces to build around, right? Um, you have your, where I had them written down, didn't I? Yeah, your Jerry Judys, your T. Higgins, Jalen Waddle, Deontay Johnson, Michael Pittman, Devonta Smith, right? Those guys that are kind of wide receiver twos right now are are kind of the guys that you want to target if you're if you are going there, right? And sometimes deals might look like Devonte Adams for one of those and a pick, and that certainly helps your rebuild because you're getting youth. And you're getting an increasing valued asset rather than a decreasing valued asset. No, I, I, I like that. Um, I think, I, I think really hitting those younger guys. Um, like, you know, I think Jerry Judy is a great example, right? Before, like, he's probably the guy I'm going to go after. Like, offer up Hopkins for Judy in a pick, you know, and get a young receiver who should upgrade a quarterback this off season. And like Judy's value should increase, even if I don't love him as a player and I, I'm kind of iffy, it's still good. I, I also think you could target kind of the end of your roster, target some of those second year, third year receivers um, who potentially didn't do anything, but have a good position next year. Like Josh Palmer is one of my big ones. You know, you could probably get him for a third. And if you're trading and getting second round picks and first round picks, you only a third. You don't need to, you don't need that. So like get Josh Palmer and he's probably going to start, you know, he's had some good, good, um, some good things. So I, I think that's another way to Nico Collins, another one, right? Like guys that who's played well, Davis Mills, if they're together again next year, he should improve. So I think, and, and I'm interested to see what Nelly says about that. Like, is that if that's bad, like you might say that's bad, I'm not sure. But that, that's definitely something I've looked at is trying to get these second day receivers who just didn't have the first round draft capital to get playing time when they did were productive uh, that should see maybe a guy going to free agency or a change that should help them. Yeah, I mean, it's the jury's out. I mean, it really is like an individual case by case basis. Pretty often, if someone's not playing right away they won't develop into a superstar but they could certainly develop into a great depth piece and if you're paying a third for it then then it's well worth it and it's worth taking those type of shots with that that cheap asset when you're when you're going through the rebuild yeah agreed that's why it's also important to look if you feel like a player is an increasing valued asset that they're going to keep increasing then trade for them Right. If you feel like they're going to value is going to decrease, then trade them away. Right. You're not going to hit on all of them. That's not how it works. You're going to miss some, and that's fine. But you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Wayne <laughs> Jackson, know, Michael Scott, Kane Fussell. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Yeah. And don't feel like you have to win the trade on paper. Uh, and Kane, I think, is. Uh, maybe this sounds like a backhanded compliment, but I think Kane's good at that. Right? I think sometimes a lot of us want to win the trade on Twitter or win the trade when we, you know, are in the Debbie Marketplace Discord, which is launching for all our listeners here on January first, um, which we'll talk about later. But uh, you know, you want to post it and be, and be like, "Great job!" 
you know, and it always feels good. But like, you don't have to win the trade on paper to win the value, you know, to win the value trade. And oftentimes that's, you know, that can be what is exploitable is when people are high on a player, a wide receiver too, who's just as good as any other wide receiver too. So you can trade him away and get, you know, a similar player and a pick and increase, you know, your, your, your roster essentially. For sure. And let, let's work to put some actual actionable names to kind of these players. I know we'll still do our buy and sell segment at the end. Um, but I think it's important to, to bring up quite a few names rather than just the guys that we're going to buy and, and just going to sell at the end of the show here. So the most important position, obviously, when it comes to super flex leagues is that quarterback position just because they hold value for such a long time if they are the right player. So we, we kind of know who those top four quarterbacks are, right? Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray. If you're rebuilding and you happen to have one of those, I'm holding on to them. Because yes. they mean way too much to my team. And I'm not going to be able to get enough pieces that truly actually start a rebuild for me. Because I'm, I'm trying to rebuild, not kickstart a rebuild, right? Oh, cool. I got Jalen Waddle and like Mac Jones. It's like, cool. But you also lost one of the best quarterbacks that's going to be playing for the next 10 years. Right, so that positional difference is a huge loss. But who are some of these kind of wide receivers that you guys are still taking shots on um, in super flex leagues here? Wide I know receiver. one wide at, receivers. No quarterback. Quarterbacks. Okay. Um, I know for me, I'm still taking a shot on Trevor Lawrence. Yes. I th- I think Trevor Lawrence is probably at close to his lowest value right now. But I think Trevor Lawrence is still a really really good player um he has all the talent there he has absolutely no weapons to throw to no stability at the coaching position um just a just a complete rough time for him altogether um so i i'm i still believe in the talent so i'm i'm happy to take trevor lawrence are, are you guys still in on him i'm i'm 100 percent uh, still gonna buy him. Let's even say he is this bad. Let's say, let's say he's bad. He's still gonna start for two or three more years. He, there will be good games. Like he will get better, and his value will increase. Like his value will not. I don't think is gonna go lower than this for a while. To me. Yeah, I have one. I have one share, and I am going to explore moving him. Um, but I'm not going to force it. I think if people are still paying what they were paying last preseason or close to it, I'd be willing to move him. Um, but because I, I don't, he's he's not the generational guy that, or at least he hasn't proven to be so far. But he's still, I mean, he still has a lot of the tools that that everyone thought he had coming in. It just hasn't come all together yet, and a lot of that is situation. Yeah, totally agree with you. Um, I think another trade that I'm probably targeting is maybe a guy in that kind of Dak Prescott-ish range and seeing if I can get a Trey Lance plus a pick for a guy like Dak. If I can get Trey Lance plus a pick uh, for a team that actually is truly competing, I'm, I'll go ahead and do that. Um, I know Dak is 28, and he's probably still going to start for another seven, eight years. Um. 
but you know, at some point I have to get additional assets. And I still think Trey Lance is a top 12 quarterback. Um, he's currently valued at quarterback 14 on the dynasty trade calculator. So that value is not too far off. Um, what do you think, Shane? Yeah, I, I, st- I still like Dak. I think as a younger piece that should continue to produce. I mean, but I think a guy like, and I, I don't know, you could tell me where, um, you know, where he's at, but I think someone like Russell Wilson, I'd trade straight up for Trey Lance, yes. right? Like, and I, I probably, I'll probably wait if Russell Wilson goes to a new team or Seattle will commit to him or whatever. I think you'll be able to do that deal. No, I, I agree with you completely. I guess, Nelly, what are you doing with kind of guys that are the aged fellers? Right. Well, like the Derek question. Cars, the Derek Cars, the Tom Brady's, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, um, Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Ryan, right? Carson yeah, Wentz, so these guys. If they're a if they're a perennial QB two and you're rebuilding, you move them, you move them now because you can go back and 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 buy a similar prototype later down the line and not having that QB two starting in your super flex will effectively help you tank. Um, without actually tanking, similar to like we talked about with the running backs. So if you have any of those names you listed, I love moving them. Um, in terms of quarterbacks, I'm buying. It's guys who can be QB ones, like who can elevate to that next tier. And so that's like that's Jalen Hurts, who who will be low until he is given the job for sure. And and people are still questioning whether the Eagles have or not. And I actually, I know you just mentioned it, but I actually like Ross as a buy, even if you're a rebuilder, because I don't think he's leaving anytime soon. I think he's going to play for a while. And and we've seen he has that ceiling. He's very athletic. And if we if we get a quarterback uh, who's not Pete Carroll, that'll be an upgrade for him. Um, and so I think we see his value go up in that situation. But But if the question is, Trey Lance or Russell Wilson in a rebuild. I think it's Trey Lance, like by a, a long margin. I agree with you there. But if you can buy Russell Wilson as a quarterback too, that's not really the worst thing. But unfortunately, the people that have Russell Wilson aren't selling him as a quarterback too. And the people that don't have Russell Wilson are only buying him as a quarterback too. Let me ask you this. Would you rather have Jalen Hurts or Russell Wilson? Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I agree there as well. Yeah. So I think I, I think that's a deal that could get done if you have Russ, you know. Yeah. I think you could find someone who's who's rebuilding and you could move maybe a mid to late first for Russ though. That's the type of situation that that I would be interested in. Yeah. For sure. Fair. Um so let's move to kind of the wide receiver position because we we kind of talked about running backs and how we're just basically getting rid of them. Right. That's not, that's basically what we want. We don't really care if there's running backs on our roster. Um, I only care about good running backs on my roster when I'm competing. And at, in that regard, they don't have to be top tier running backs. They don't have to be top five valued running backs for them to be on my team. But who are some wide receivers that we're kind of targeting in a rebuild? Maybe the first question to start is do you prefer to have a top tier wide receiver on your team in a rebuild or does it not matter? I, I don't think you need a top tier wide receiver on your team in a rebuild, right? Like I think you want to, you can target young receivers who, sh- you know, showed some promise, but, but 
have the potential to be wide receiver ones. Like I think last year, um, guys like T. Higgins and Deontay Johnson were probably good buys for a rebuilding team because they flash some ability. We're not consistent, um, but have a little bit of that. Um, so you could see that potential there. So like to me, I, I would rather kind of target younger players who eh, they're st- we still don't value them as wide receiver ones or maybe even high end wide receiver twos if you have them, especially if you're a competing team um, that you could target. You know, a guy like Elijah Moore, right? Yeah. Who broke out, got hurt, is on the Jets. Like if a if a t a good team has Elijah Moore, they'll give him to you for you know for an aging receiver they'll give him you know they'll give you more plus for deandre hopkins or keenan allen you know you could probably get that i think that's more the trend for me to to rebuild what receivers i'm targeting yeah i think that's fair um i also think it, it i think sometimes it's okay to sell wide receivers a little bit before they go down that cliff right like, because if realistically, right, if I'm rebuilding at this moment, right, let's say that all three of us are in leagues together. Let's say in one of the leagues that we're in together, the Patreon league, and I say, I'm rebuilding right now. I see my team and I'm like, nope, this isn't going to compete, even though I know it is. Um, so take that, Nelly. Uh, if, if I believe that my team isn't going to compete, let's say that, and I want to rebuild, I'm okay with selling some of those guys that that before they hit that cliff. And this is going to this is going to uh you know cause some waves here. But one of those guys for me is DJ Moore. And Nelly is about to jump through <laughs> the screen. But here's why, right? It's because I'm trying to compete in two years. DJ Moore is just about to turn 25. I'm not going to compete this year, right? There's this 25-year-old season. I'm not probably not going to compete in this 26-year-old season. I mean, he's 27. He is probably going to have two years of rough time for them trying to find a quarterback. Do you really think that DJ Moore in in a year year and a half. Do you think DJ Moore's value is higher now than it is then? Probably. Does that feel good to say? Absolutely not, because I love DJ Moore. But realistically, is his value going to be lower in a year and a half? Like, probably. You have a lot of wide receiver twos that are looking to make that jump, right? You have T. Higgins, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, Michael Pittman, Elijah Moore, Terry McLaurin, all guys that are looking to jump over him, right? I think it's much harder for Carolina to figure out their quarterback position and what their team is doing than most of these other positions. Especially when some of these some of these quarter some of these wide receivers already have good quarterbacks attached to them. So what say you about DJ Moore, Shane? I'm not quite there. I, I do think DJ Moore's value in two years, two and a half years, could be similar to what his value is now. Uh, I don't think it's going to like. I, 
I'm with you. I don't think he's going to turn into to Devontae Adams. Like, like I think he's going to be Diva Samuel, right? But I think DJ Moore is going to be consistent, hasn't had the quarterback to maybe get him to his heights. That he, and it could happen in a year or two. So I'm not I'm not quite there, but I think I understand the sentiment. Like, um, you know, I, I think I look at a guy like Chase Claypool. You know, so obviously not the value of DJ Moore. But like I'm selling him in a lot of my rebuilds while he has value because I think that could fall off. So I understand the sentiment of like, oh, here's a younger receiver. Really, is he really going to increase in value? Um, whereas I could trade for a pick, I could really you know kind of sp- sprinkle my picks at some receivers and probably hit. I'm more likely to hit than keeping him. Right. Nelly, I know DJ Moore is an analytic darling, <laughs> but how do you feel about DJ Moore right now? Yeah, I mean, I'm not fully on board. Um, here's what worries me about him is everyone seems to think he's good and is expecting that good performance. So let's say he does get a quarterback and he puts up, I don't know, 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns. I I don't know how much that raises his value because everyone is expecting that once he gets that quarterback. That being said, I don't agree that he'll drop in. I think he's probably a pretty stable asset. Um, and the quarterback position has to improve in, in Carolina, doesn't it? I mean, it has to. All right, um, let's play. Let's play a game then, Nelly. Do you want yeah. DJ Moore or T Higgins? T Higgins. Do you want DJ Moore or Jalen Waddle? Waddle. Do you want DJ Moore or Devonta Smith? Uh, probably DJ Moore. Do you want DJ Moore or Michael Pittman? DJ Moore. DJ Moore or Terry McLaurin? DJ Moore. And that that's that's a hypothetical that I was going to kind of respond with because Terry McLaurin's in the same situation, but he's 26 already. He doesn't have a quarterback either. No, I, I agree with you. But if, if the question is, it, it's not which wide receivers are going to jump over him, mm-hmm. but it's when will wide receivers jump over him, mm-hmm. right? It To me, it seems like an inevitable thing is going to happen where he's no longer going to be viewed as a wide receiver one in value, which right now, DJ Moore is wide receiver 11 in the DTC. In the dynasty trade calculator, should yeah, he that's... be a wide receiver one? No, I agree. With so you. the that's value is high. off there. Yeah, so the value is off. So that's something that you have to take advantage of because it's it's not like these values are put together by just like oh people are like oh I sometimes like DJ more in this scenario, I sometimes like him in that scenario. It's based off of trades that happen, right? In MFL and drafts and mock drafts where these kind of guys, these aggregates are made, right? And that's that's something that's really concerning to me. But if I have DJ Moore right now, I'm very happily trade him for that wide receiver 11 overall price. Easily. Yeah. Especially if that means I can get Elijah Moore plus for DJ Moore. If I can get Rashad Bateman plus for DJ Moore. Like any of the, like, I feel like both of those benefit my rebuild a whole lot more than just holding on to DJ more and have my fingers and toes crossed that they get a good quarterback. 
Can I ask about one more player that yeah. maybe is you know, similar age, maybe similar hype? How, what about AJ Brown? Is he a player that falls into that category too, where he's been hyped as he's a top three, top five receiver in, in dynasty. And then he does nothing and has one or two big games. And like, it's been this kind of same roller coaster with him. And I really have trouble. He's one of those players that I'm probably going to sell where I have him. Cause I, just don't see the value increase happening. I will tell you, I had a very hard time trying to trade AJ Brown this season. Yeah. Right. I think part of it occurred in the off season. It's like, Ooh, they got Julio Jones there too. He's a really good wide receiver. Maybe it's going to be difficult for one person to get all the, all the targets at that, at that team. So kind of went down there and then injury kind of dropped him down a little farther. So I think overall he was a really, really tough sell overall but if if you're let's say you are selling aj brown chain what are you trying to get out of him are you trying to get one of these wide receiver twos plus a whole bunch are you trying to just go down maybe just a little bit right trying to get debo samuel plus a little bit maybe i'm fine taking a slightly bigger step like give me t higgins give me deontay johnson plus a decent you know decent pick or two or three I, I would love that because I, I think those guys are going to produce at a similar clip to him week in, week out, and I'm going to get value on top of that. You feel the same way, Nelly? Yeah, I think it speaks to a larger theory that I that I kind of like, uh, and that's to kind of spread out your value if you're rebuilding because value will grow faster over multiple pieces than it will over one individual piece so if you have these top guys like if you even if you have and i know this is painful to say but if you have a justin jefferson or jamar chase like they're probably not going to go up in value so if you're severely lacking value and you can get good return on those types of players or a step down which is which is cd lamb and aj brown if you can get another fringe was wide receiver one and, and a first or multiple firsts. I think that's worth it if you're rebuilding. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. I think uh, Justin Jefferson is just worth so much to me that it's really, really hard uh, to to see him leave. Um, but here, here's the question. What if you get multiple guys for Justin Jefferson? Let's say I don't throw in a pick. Let's say that you're trying to trade Justin Jefferson to me, Nelly. Um, what if I give you T. Higgins and Rashad Bateman? Is that enough? Mm. Or do you need more? Oh, that's probably not because I not because I don't think it would be worth it, but because I think you could get more for him. So let's say I don't. Know, I know you like T. Higgins. Um, let's let's give you one of your other targets, D.T. Johnson, T. Higgins. Yeah, I'd do that. In a heartbeat? Is there even any hesitation from you? I think there's hesitation because it's hard to say goodbye to Justin Jefferson. But (laughs) (laughs) once I look at it objectively, there's no hesitation there. Do you feel the same way, Shane? (sighs) Yeah, I mean, I I would probably, if I had Jefferson, want a pick on top of that. Um, But just because, yeah, I mean, Jefferson's such a stud. I don't think I'd be able to let if I'm the guy buying yeah. Jefferson, that's a tough I'm giving you two good wide receivers and you want to pick on top. Like I think that kills the trade. No, nah, which makes sense. I mean it's 
it'd be hard. But if I was rebuilding, like if Jefferson's literally my only piece, like, yeah, that's probably a good trade to do. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, do we want to talk about the tight end position at all? It's your favorite, so. Um, uh, like if, if you're rebuilding and you have Kelsey Kittle, Waller, Hawkinson, trade them. Yep. Move them. Would um, would would you guys move Pitts if you had him and were rebuilding? Kind of similar to what Nelly said. Like, would you want to spread out? Maybe it's that receiver, you know, where you want to get value. Not saying you trade him for a tight end, but would you want to kind of punt tight end like we are running back in a way? That's almost Kyle tougher. Is doing honestly, a, I think Kyle Pitts is doing a bang up job of punting tight end by himself. <laughs> <laughs> because he can't score touchdowns and he's not scoring touchdowns. So like, I, I don't think I'm selling pits unless you give me like a big boy offer. Like, do you want Kyle Pitts or Debo Samuel in a rebuild? I'd want pits. If it's tight end yeah. premium. Yeah. Let's say I... it's not. I probably still would because the positional difference is so huge. And I think his value is so, is, is so insulated because of his perception. I I agree with that too. I think I probably, you know, I think we were wrong on pits on here. I think I would take him over Debo, even in a regular tight end league. No, I, I agree with you. Um, so I, I'm holding on to pits. I'm probably holding on to Mark Andrews as well. Um, because I just like both those players. Um, but if there's another tight end that I feel like can increase value, I'm probably holding on to like that for me, that's guys like Dalton Schultz, Dawson Knox. Like if they can increase value and then I can trade them, I think that's the way to go because I don't think it really harms my team. If I hold multiple tight ends at one time, especially in a tight end premium, um, you know, a league like our secret shopper league where we, you know, where you only have to start one of each position. Like I actually like in, in a rebuild holding tight ends and tight end premium um, ultimately because, uh, you know, because they're tough to get down the line. So for sure. Um, anything else you guys want to add to the rebuild conversation before we have Shane teach us something about history? I, I think I'd like to just throw in the theory that just because you have picks doesn't mean you have to make this election. Picks are nice because they okay. hold in value. You don't have to worry about your pick getting hurt. If you have an early first in 2022, you don't have to go and draft a quarterback you don't like. You don't have to go and draft a running back you don't like. You can move that for a top-tier wide receiver or move it for for multiple firsts later in the round. But they just they hold value, which is which is so helpful. No, I, I agree with you. Um, I think that's important. Um, Shane, I think you might be safe. There's new quarterbacks coming in for Miami. All right. That's, that's a good sign. So uh, Jacoby Brissett came in. Kneel it down, Jacoby. <laughs> Agreed. Um, but Shane, you want to teach us something about history? Because you know I'm very good at it. I, I know how much you like it. Actually, this inspired. I got this for Christmas. It's definitely like one of those Facebook targeted ads, but I was down. It is a, uh, I'm going to show. Nellie and Kane on camera. Those of you listening won't be able to see it, but it's Teddy Roosevelt just riding various animals. 
Oh, I like that. Just just <laughs> riding an ostrich, riding an eagle. So I was like, you know, I'll look at. Is that Teddy Roosevelt or is that uh, Ron Swanson? Look, to... could be the same person. The same you know, person. Right? I mean, pretty much are. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Um, but uh, maybe look into Teddy Roosevelt a little bit more. I. Yeah. It still just amazes me because I feel like this would never happen in politics today. He he was the assistant secretary to the Navy, which is a pretty high kind of political position, right? It's not he's not actually in the Navy, like political position. Spanish American War starts, and he he quits to go join this volunteer group, right? The Rough Riders is what he's kind of known for. And so like the Rough Riders were not anything special. They were just going to be a volunteer unit, mostly Native Americans to um, just kind of have on reserve. Usually volunteer units were not sent into battle. But when Teddy Roosevelt, the Assistant Secretary of the Navy, joined, all these people wanted to join. He was getting football players from Ivy League schools. He was getting policemen. He was getting Native Americans and immigrants. And so they're like, you know what? Go to Cuba and start fighting because Teddy Roosevelt can lead. Like he made this unit into something uh, in San Juan Hill. And it didn't really affect the outcome, but it was it's such a cool story to have like this political figure to say, I'm quitting. I'm going to go fight in this war and going Cuban fighting. I, so I just think Teddy Roosevelt is a badass. Agreed. I think he's baller. I actually know some stuff about him because I listen to a podcast about him. I am cultured. Look, look at you. I know. It's, isn't it rare? Uh, but let's get into our buys and sells. We're going to do a buy, a sell, and an unknown stock. Just someone we're not really sure what to do with. Um, I'll go first here. A guy that I'm buying um, because his value is just too low to me is Amari Cooper. Um, Amari Cooper is valued. We're just using the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Amari Cooper is valued at, as it loads, I want to say 31. Wide receiver 31. People do not like him in startups. Yeah, 31. And I'm totally fine getting all the Amari Cooper at that price point. Like, he's going to play somewhere. And he's a crazy talented player when he's healthy. So I don't have a problem with that. Um, not to mention that, you know, Amari Cooper's also only 27. Does it feel like Amari Cooper's been in the league for 22 and a half years? Yes. <laughs> it does. But he's only 27 years old. He played his first NFL snap at four and a half years old. Um, that's just what it feels like. So I'm going to buy him. I have no problem um, buying him. Someone that I'm looking to uh, sell a little bit. I already talked about how I'm getting off of DJ Moore. But um, a guy that I'm selling a lot of is Marquise Brown. Now, the reason why I'm selling Marquise Brown is when we're looking at an offense that doesn't pass a ton. And sure, he has good efficiency when he touches the ball. But that doesn't matter if the ball isn't thrown to you a whole lot. And he's now the third option to me on that team behind Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews, especially a team that has a rushing quarterback and will have running backs healthy again next season in both Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins from the Ohio State University, just for you, Shane. Um, so I, I am pretty much out on Marquise Brown. I'm doing what I can to sell him um, while his value is still sitting at a wide receiver too. And then a guy I don't know what to do with, um, 
I'm leaning towards sell, but that's Amon Ross St. Brown. Like you're basically hoping that no wide receivers are drafted. Basically, like he was set up to get the ball and he could barely do it against Khalif Raymond in the first half of the season. So like it doesn't it doesn't bode well for him overall for me because I think they have to draft a wide receiver at some point. And if they get a top tier wide receiver, do you do you really think that the Lions with their current coaching staff and DeAndre Swift back are going to be able to have two wide receivers, two top 24 wide receivers? I don't think so. Um, so I'm leaning towards sell, but curious to see what you guys think. How about you, Shane? I'm I'm on the the sell Amon Ross St. Brown train for sure this off season because they're they're gonna draft a receiver they might sign one they might draft two like his value is only gonna go down from here so I'm I'm there uh uh my buy is Cortland Sutton um you know once similar to Mari Cooper I think a talented receiver who's a little bit on the older side but gonna be undervalued I would buy him probably as soon as the season ends you know playoffs like nfl playoff time whatever I, I think i'd buy them before they get a quarterback um people might want to hold but i think you could probably get a decent amount you know get them pretty cheap uh my sell is damian harris a running back for the patriots had that three touchdown game uh if Ramondre stevenson still hurt doesn't do well i don't think harris is worth a ton but i would still rather sell him i i just don't trust the patriots running game they still could bring in another running back like he's not gonna do much for you i think down the line and then um my unknown stock um it it's tough i think it's van jefferson like i've gone back and forth do i like you know, he got some good targets, has had some good games. You know, there's an older prospect coming in, and, and they really kind of like him. But they have Odell Beckham. Robert Woods might come back. You know, what, what's obviously Cooper Cup's going to be there. Maybe one of those guys are, are gone. Is Van Jefferson really going to hit consistently? I don't know if he can be a consistent fantasy start. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do with him. Agreed. How about you, Nelly? Yeah. Um, well, I'm buying. Uh... Um, I'm buying Darnell Mooney, and it's a very similar situation to Amon Rase Brown, who I would be selling. But th- the Bears don't have any draft capital. They're not going to bring in a wide receiver. They have a second and a third. They have no first. They have no fourth. And that team is awful. They don't need to draft wide receivers yet. Not only that, but um, you would expect Justin Fields to get better, especially with the new offensive system, assuming the Bears do the right thing and move on from Matt Nagy. I think Allen Robinson will be gone. And Darnell Mooney has been good. I mean, he had a decent rookie year. His second year has been even better. He's outperformed Allen Robinson. So I, I well, love Allen Robinson has played. Yeah, that's true. But when they've played together, he still has outperformed him game to game. And even even still, we know Allen Robinson is good. So if it's close, then Darnell Mooney's probably good too. And he's Darnell Mooney's a uh, he's like in the thirties for wide receivers right now. So I think at least going into next year, I think he's he's good value. Someone who I'm selling, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think I'm selling Rashad Bateman. Um, and part of that is because I have too much of him right now, and I just think he's a little bit overpriced. But it's a similar issue of 
that that offense isn't passing a ton. Mark Andrews has taken a massive step up. And Marquise Brown has also, and it's it they kind of go hand in hand. I'm kind of selling both of them, but Marquise Brown is still still getting a lot of targets. Um, and I just think at Bateman's current cost, I, I think I prefer a wide receiver's lateral to him at cost right now. Um, like if you can get Elijah Moore over Rashad Bateman, I'd prefer that right now. Um, someone who I am unknown about, uh, Hunter Renfro. Like, what do we do with him? I, I don't know. Like, he's cheap, but he's also like Hunter Renfro. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. He was really, really good for a few games. Is that because there was no Darren Waller, or does is he a serious target hog in the future? Uh- I'm probably buying him just because that value is what a late second, early third. Yeah. I I don't think his value will ever catch up to his production because he's Hunter Renfro. And those are the guys I target, right? Hunter Renfro are also only 26 years old. Right. Anytime the value doesn't match up to someone's production, right? That either means buy or sell. Right, there's only two ways about it. It's never a hold situation, uh, so I'm I'm buying Hunter Renfro because I think he's a really really good player. But like Shane mentioned at the beginning of the show, there's some changes coming to the Discord and to the Patreon. Um, so we've had so much fun with with the Patreon, but we want to be, go to a more inclusive model. So what does that mean? Right, that means that we no longer have a Patreon um, starting at the first of the year. For now, we'll, we will just be having a Discord chat with a free ch- a free portion and a paid portion, right? And it's just a yearly fee for the paid portion where you can still get that second podcast. You can get our rankings, everything like that. But we want to make sure that we're trying to build a community, right? Because a community to us is the most important thing. So we are going to have a large um, free portion to the Patreon where you can still get access to you know, some analytic stuff, not all of the analytic stuff. Well, you'll be able to ask some questions. You'll be able to just get with a large group of people um, that really care about Debbie, that care about C2C leagues, that care about Dynasty, care about all that fun stuff, right? And we're just going to house that on a free Discord site. So that will be live at the first of the year. Um, So make sure you are, you know, checking our socials. Well, it's at Shane P. Hallam on Twitter, at Debbie Kane on Twitter, at Analytics on Twitter. If you want to join um, that, the links will be going out on the first of the year. And we can't wait for all of you guys to join us. Yeah, I mean, uh, why don't we, how about we pin that, whatever that Discord link is on the Debbie Marketplace Twitter account. And then that can be a place to go check. I think, I'm, I'm I'm excited. I'm sorry. I'm just excited for this to take off because i think it'll be a great uh a great discord with a lot of fun you know every hopefully everyone can get in and have good discussions and build a good community here absolutely that's what we care about so make sure that you join that because i think it's going to be an absolute blast but for us now that is it for me shane and nelly the three of us here at debbie marketplace thank you so much for listening and we appreciate every single one of you